Hello, and welcome to the Burning Cold Theater's podcast series, Into the Fire, with Jerome Davis. Hi, this is Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Cold Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Cold Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. Today we are visited by a special guest, Ketty Shum. Uh, Ketty, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Ketty is uh, currently the costumer for our production of Stuff Happens by David Hare, which runs at Burning Cold through October 28th. Uh, but Ketty, you're um, in town for a special reason. Can you explain to the listeners why you're here in Raleigh right now and what's going yes. on in your mm-hmm. life. So I'm a professional costume designer and I'm also currently the visiting artist at um, United Art Councils of Wake County um, and Raleigh. And so what I'll be doing is I am actually hired by the county to work with different community theaters and professional theaters in the community and um, collaborate with everyone here and while also holding workshops and educating the public about what um, professional costume designers do. So it's a lot of fun and getting to know all the community theaters here and um, knowing the community better. Right. And uh, so this is a year-long project for you? Yeah, it's 10 months long. 10 months. um, And I am um, to design six to nine productions, um, which includes community theater productions, regional um, theater productions, and also... um, educational theater productions and also going to hold um, a bunch of master classes and workshops so right now we are doing three workshops at marbles children's museum teaching children how to make masks and um, tutus and elf shoes and whatnot so it's a lot of fun and the variety of programs that is brought by united arts council has been really helpful to introducing different forms of art to the public. If I understand correctly, they pick a different artistic discipline each year. So mm-hmm. next year, this year it's theater. Yes. Uh, next year it may be music or dance or something else. Yeah. Uh, but they specifically decided to go with a designer this year. Mm-hmm. And you you come to us from the Charlotte area, is that correct? Yes. So I um, used to work mostly at the Charlotte area, but I was actually, well, if you can notice my accent, I was actually... Um, born and raised in Hong Kong. Um, I went to Madison, Wisconsin for my undergrad. I was actually a pre-vet for the longest time and decided that I want to do something I really, really love and nobody thought of as my career. So I changed my major when I was a junior um, into theater major. And then I interned in Orlando and worked, you know, um, at couple of different theaters mm-hmm. and I got into graduate school and un- at University of North Carolina school, school of the Arts. So I got my master's degree there and then I started working in Virginia, South Carolina and then slowly moved back to North Carolina mm-hmm. and have been working in Charlotte ever since. And then um, what brought me to Raleigh was actually Burning Coal. My right. first production in Raleigh was um, with Burning Coal 
um, last year. Heart, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the Normal Heart. The Normal Heart. Another big cast show. Yes, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm very happy to be back this year and, you know, getting to know the theater a little better, getting to know everyone at the mm -hmm. theater. Well, the United uh, Arts Council made a great decision when they decided to, mm -hmm. to bring you in, among other Thank things, uh, not just your... Uh, expertise in the area, but it's not a, an area in which uh, there are a lot of trained, uh, talented people, frankly, in this area. The, it, it's a lot of the costumes for theaters at our level and, and below mm -hmm. uh, costume uh, the shows from, you know, from people's closets or the thrift stores right. or things like that. And, and of course, we do some of that too, but, um, but to have somebody with the, the level of expertise that you have and training uh, is going to be terrific for all of those uh, companies this year. You uh, you grew up in Hong Kong, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you so you the first time you were in the states was when you went to college in yes, Madison. Yes, correct. And um, and had you any um, theater uh, experience in Hong Kong? Mm -hmm. So when I was in secondary school, which is high school um, here, and um, I w did a lot of playwriting, and I I never knew that I wanted to design costumes, but I always knew that I was a storyteller. So I would write a lot of stories. I took part in Odyssey of the Mind, which I know is a popular thing here in high school and middle school too. Right. Um, so I did a lot of creative writing and stuff like that. Um, but I was determined to be a vet. And so I never thought I would be here. A so this is really. very exciting. I feel like sometimes a career path just picks you instead of, yeah. you know, sometimes you good at something and that passion would just lead you to the way that you're meant to go into. Certainly. Mm -hmm. what, is, uh, what is theater like in Hong Kong? Can you describe an experience mm -hmm. that you had there? Yeah, so I think the theater world in Hong Kong is changing a whole lot. Um, when I left, actually that was a whole move, movement of bringing theater back and so there are a lot of um, companies and you know theater companies popping up doing contemporary shows and new productions and like contemporary musicals and they would bring in a lot of like pop singers and you know like celebrities into these productions so that has been like a new thing going on mm -hmm. um, but in Hong Kong a lot of the resources are mostly put into film and TV mm -hmm. so um, the theater scene just I guess um, you know, there's not enough playwrights to provide a theater scene as vibrant as here. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, uh, it's slightly different. Um, the, another thing that's very interesting is that because, um, you know, Hong Kong is a British colony. Mm -hmm. um, so there is this huge, you know, um, East meet West kind of culture yeah, going sure. on. So a lot of them, they do like, um, you know, like plays that we know um, like Wicked and Cinderella that kind of thing but then at the same time there are also this huge, indus huge industry of traditional Chinese opera and Peking opera that kind of thing uh -huh. existing so there are like huge gaps between the two worlds of traditional theaters and um, contemporary musicals that um, the gap hasn't quite be filled in yet so that's something that is interesting and it'll be a lot of fun if you know somebody try to merge those together and do more that was going to be my next question yeah uh, uh, if you're starting to see that at all in hong um, kong or other asian uh, cities so i have been um investing a lot of time here um so I, and i have actually haven't been home a whole lot so i'm not as connected as i should be 
Um, but I believe it would be because um, even in the States, if you look at the theater here, a lot of the new plays start to have more of like a chorus in the form of Greek chorus coming back. Yeah. Just like the production stuff happens that we are doing now, fantastic sure. sh production, you know, really good script. <laughs> and you can, and there is a chorus, uh, an ensemble happening. And at you know, very beginning, like the director and I decided that we will treat this chorus much like a Greek chorus. They are people that see, you know, what's happening and they don't, they're not judging, but they are just analyzing as everyday passerby is just like you and me seeing how the world is changing and I think that way bridging in a way we are bridging you know traditional Greek tragedies mm -hmm. to contemporary theater because you know it's a play about events that we know mm -hmm. but which is actually also like you know like Greek tragedies because back in the days like Aristotle wrote the tragedies to about the myths that you know people knew about. Mm -hmm. So like right now we are I think we are slowly bridging the gap in this country and mm -hmm. I believe a lot of other you know countries and cultures will slowly bridge the gap between their traditional theatrical form to their contemporary theatrical forms too. Because uh, because Hong Kong is a colony of of uh, England is there resistance there to mm -hmm. to Western drama or Western well, uh, culture in general? Not really. So we have been a colony. We had been a colony for a while, and we actually got returned to China in 1997. Right. So there is a nostalgia, you know, from our generation, like the generation of my parents, and you know, my generation. Um, that, you know, like they actually really embrace Western culture and the resistance is actually on traditional form of theater because mm -hmm. um, the generations that are young professionals grew up in the colonial world and they are not used to being, you know, back to the, like the motherland kind of thing. Uh -huh. So I think we will have to really try hard to get, you know, to bring the traditional form of um, Chinese opera and Peking opera back um, and marry into the Western form of theater. Right now, the Western form is a lot more popular than the traditional form. Well, probably uh, more money uh, coming from the West, uh, sending their culture out into the world. Like yeah. uh, one, that's one of the ways we we have colonized and <laughs> can continue to do that. Uh, and I think um, yeah. we see movement. So um, a, a theater that I work with a lot, Children's Theater of Charlotte. Right. They um, have been doing a program with um, mainland China that they would go to Shanghai and Beijing and work with the children's theater over there. Mm -hmm. So um, th just this year, they actually you know, talked to each other and they put a pro program together that they wrote a couple of different shows in Chinese and then translated to English. And then the children in Charlotte actually went into rehearsal to performed them, did a whole workshop, you know, um, and then um, they flew a Chinese director into Charlotte mm -hmm. to help them. Mm -hmm. And then the whole cast and crew and, you know, um, a, a lot of the um, staff from Children's Theatre of Charlotte flew to China and they performed for like a week straight That's um, in China. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think as, you know, like, uh, you know, Hong Kong might be at a state where, you know, they are trying to fill in the gap, but meanwhile, like even mainland China is filling in the gap and trying to 
bring theater into a whole different form. So I think in that way, like everything will eventually like change and come together and yeah. What's the difference uh, if, you, if you were to, on consecutive nights, see uh, Chinese opera and um, uh, say a, a David Hare play? Uh, how, could you, how would you describe the differences between those two things? Right, so, um, mm, so the easy way to do it, like a lot of traditional theater, just like when we talked about Greek tragedies, in every culture, there's usually a couple different forms of traditional theater, um, and they are very, um, there are very strict rules, and the um, stories usually have a very, um, have a form that is very specific to them, um, much like kabuki in Japan, or you know, like what we're talking about Chinese opera, and also you know, like of course Greek tragedies. There are a lot of use of makeup or masks, mm -hmm. and each of them would you know symbolize different things, and um, they symbolize different characters, and they are very specific to the storyline. So in that way, because you know, like there are a lot of traditions and superstitions that a thousands of years old in China and in you know some of these ancient countries um, that you know they are represented in a different different way so in a way that is a lot more um, strict and um, yeah the storytelling the form of storytelling is just different um, also because it's an opera there are a lot of more singing and the singing is very a specific kind of singing that um, contemporary audience might not understand as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I see all that changing too. Like mm -hmm. a lot of operas, and you know, is adding musical elements to it, and you know, like the the and using more conte contemporary stage directions and costumes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think really it's just very different ways of storytelling right. um, between these traditional forms and. Um, the contemporary forms of theater. Right. So, uh, so you're in Wisconsin and you're studying <laughs> veterinary medicine. Yes. And um, and did uh, did something happen to cause you to decide to go into <laughs> theater? Did you see? I mean, in my mind, I would imagine you seeing a play that was so brilliant that you just said, "I have to do that." Was it that, or was it? Something yeah. Else? So absolutely. Um, so I have been volunteering at the theater department for you know, two, three years while I was studying, while I, while I was studying animal science. Um, and it was just so much fun. I actually did a lot of lighting work um, okay. back in the days, um, you know, in college mm -hmm. as a volunteer. And I started taking classes just because I just couldn't stay away. It was mm -hmm. so much fun. Um, and I would go in there and I would learn how to sew. I volunteered to be the um, wardrobe supervisor for hair. Wow. And that was my changing, like life-changing experience because a lot of people don't know that like being a dresser is actually a very like complicated, um, you know, occupation. Sure, meticulous. Yeah, you have yes. to do it right. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of art into how to change fast and you know the how to organize everything well. I mean, like um, it, if you know some of this audience don't know, it can be your new occupation if re you really like costumes. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that do um, wardrobe, run wardrobe professionally in New York on Broadway and mm -hmm. also for Cirque du Soleil in Vegas right. um, or Orlando. And they, you know, it's a, it's a whole different occupation that requires a lot of skills. And the experience of running hair as a wardrobe, you know, supervisor just totally changed my life. Mm -hmm. 
and I realized how um, you know costumes can tell the story sure. it it you know I always say that costumes help to tell the story but it shouldn't overwhelm the actors it shouldn't be wearing the actors the mm-hmm. actors should be wearing the costumes right. so in that way I think it's a very useful tool um, for st- storytelling mm-hmm. and so I decided to take a costume class after that experience and realized that hey I love clothes I love drawing I'm very you know I've been drawing for many many years it has always been my hobby and decided that maybe you know this is something I want to pursue so mm-hmm. I started taking um, costume classes and volunteering at the costume shop and that just changed my life mm-hmm. so what's what is your process now uh, when when uh, you're offered and accept a, a position designing a show what are the steps that you go through uh, mm-hmm. in order to and it may not be the same with every show but right um, it, it's pretty similar so yeah. usually when I you know got offered a show and decided to accept I would usually talk to the director about his or her vision, you know, what do we see the world um, of the um, piece be? Because even if you're doing Shakespeare, you can say in a whole different kind of world, different period, or, you know, um, how realistic it is, what is the style, how stylized we want it to be. So we'll just, you know, generally just talk about what we want to tell through this story. And then from there, I would usually do a lookbook. So I would, you know, they would be organized by characters, and I would do research. So for Stuff Happens, um, it's different from very many other plays because it's very, you know, biographical. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of it I went into, you know, um, the historical images and really go digging into what happened yeah. and trying to honor the truth and just, you know, as you know, somebody that just, yeah, just to try to look into history. So then from there, um, I would usually present the lookbook to the director Mm -hmm. and, you know, talk about what he or she doesn't like or like, and then, you know, do a revision and I would start doing renderings. So I would usually do pencil sketches and then I would do full on renderings. Um, The renderings are very important part um, to a lot of shows because if you have a costume shop, um, the renderings indicate what you need to build. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't realize that is that you know like in the costume world there are costume designers, but there are also costume shop managers. There are drapers, craft artisans. There mm-hmm. are dressers. So all these different kind of people, mm-hmm. and what inform the communication between all these people is your renderings, your costume plot, and you know your piece list, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that design phase to me is a very um, important way to ensure that communication will be sufficient to the costume shop. Mm -hmm. So then I will have drapers meetings with the drapers and talk to the costume shop about how much we have to build and then from there we'll you know do a lot of um, swatching and fabric shopping and start getting the show into the shop. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do a lot of fittings. Um, Usually the first fitting is depends on how many costumes there are. Usually they run from 30 minutes to an hour long. Um, and then we will build the per, roof thing. Per actor. Per actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, it depends on which show too, because if it's contemporary pieces, usually it takes less time. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we just keep rolling the ball and, mm-hmm. and then until we get everything done and it's dress rehearsal. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the, one of the techniques or uh, tactics, I guess, that we've 
used over the years that I notice is being used in this show too in the case of a play like Stuff Happens where a number of the actors are playing multiple roles mm -hmm. is rather than uh, trying to pretend like that actor is three different actors we've made some simple but clear change to the costume and trusted the audience to go with their imaginations mm -hmm. okay now we understand he's not the reporter because he doesn't have the scarf on now he's the uh, administrative assistant because he has the glasses on right. you know like that yeah. uh, and that's something that that uh, I personally enjoy a great deal in in the theater. Do you work that way regularly? That's a, a style that you mm -hmm. work with regularly. It has become more and more popular. Um, if you look at the plays that are you know written in these ten years, there are more and more um, characters like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, a lot of times I call it a trunk show. So yeah. it's like it's a lot of play believing. You open a trunk and you you know grab whatever you can and you know just create a world out of just pieces mm -hmm. and I think I really like the form of theater because um, it encourages um, audience to imagine and think mm -hmm. and I sometimes you know a lot of costume design can be very like knock on the head hey I'm this person mm -hmm. or hey I'm that person but a lot of times it's not necessary um, and I guess as minimalism becomes more of a style you know in yeah. theater costume is changing too towards that you know um, direction where a lot of times you trust your audience that to have you know they see something they see a captain hat and they know that okay well this is something to do with you know this is a general mm -hmm. kind of thing so really it's the trust between our educated audience and you know the creative team that enables this to happen and I think it's very cool and this actually happens in children's theater almost all the time sure. just because we realize that children have very vivid um, imaginations a lot of times you tie a sheet you know like on your neck and it becomes a cape that yeah. kind of thing so mm -hmm. really it's um, just like I said like actors you need to trust the actors to act and the piece of clothing or costume prop is about to is supposed to help them not you know to make their life harder so if they can do their job and whatever you throw on them that would help them that create a silhouette that should be enough to tell the story it as, doesn't as need long to... as it's consistent yeah 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 consistency is the key to so many things mm -hmm. in in theater um, as far as the children I imagine it's uh, that takes place a lot because children still know how to play yes. they still know how to have fun and, and uh, sometimes adults need a little more uh, uh, clarity in their lives yeah. but uh, uh, which is uh, sad but true um, have you uh, 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 anything that you would like to do uh, as a costumer that you haven't done yet like is there any area that you'd like to work in that you haven't worked in yet yeah so um, I have been doing some independent films here and there I mm. actually have um, a BFA in um, production design and film um, and I haven't really had the time to invest more time into uh, films mm -hmm. and TV shows and that's something that I would really want to put more time into doing um, 
Unfortunately, it's mostly in Atlanta and LA right now, yeah. so it is it will be hard to commit to a project like mm. a feature length project that yeah. would go on for a month. Mm. Um, but but that's something that would I think I would um try to do more in the sure. future. Probably pay the bills. Yes. For, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Curious. Does, does that when the camera's up close and uh, is high definition and all mm -hmm. that, does that make your responsibility keener? Do you have to be more thorough with your. Um, research for instance yes and no so from my film experience I realized that it's a totally different medium mm -hmm. just like you know you can paint with watercolor or acrylic but they can what they look like is completely different mm -hmm. costumes is the same way so in film because they don't um, film like in order of the script right. a lot of times it films according to um, the cast availability mm -hmm. or you know the lighting of the day so like there's not that um, choreography of changing in theater like because in theater we always have to think about you go from this character to that one you know how your character arc is going to change in film is there is the character arc but then how you execute it is completely different mm -hmm. there's also this thing because depends on the angle of the camera most of the time you might not see the bottom half or you may not see the mm -hmm. the back of the person so sometimes even if it's a period piece and that shot is like a close-up shot of your head they might be wearing the top half and they're just wearing jeans or pajama pants mm -hmm. yeah. on the bottom half yeah. um, the other very interesting thing is continuity so when you're working in film because you have to shoot the shot multiple times mm -hmm. and sometimes you would skip a scene and then come back to that shot things get very um, complicated so a lot of times I, th I remember I shot a film called Circles and it involves a little kid going into the water getting wet so every single take after he gets wet we will have to change him completely so mm -hmm. that he looks dry again and get into the water again and then comes back and you know, or else then it wouldn't, when the editor cuts it, it wouldn't look continuous. Yeah, you don't want to lose a great moment yeah. because uh, some, some detail was not, uh, not precise. Absolutely. Know? So like yeah. in live theater, every single show we do, the art of it is that every single show is slightly different because it's live theater yeah. and the audience is different. So, you know, the reaction is different. The actor's energy is different. But in, but in film, it's not the same. You have to keep the hat at like the, you know, exact the same angle yeah. or else, you know, like shot one, like scene one and scene two wouldn't match. Be then it would look like he, his hat, you know, why did his hat turn or something like that. Yeah. So continuity becomes a very interesting thing. And it's fun, like if you're watching TV or film, just like kind of pay attention to those, thing, those things and you realize, hey, how come he's not wearing a watch all in a sudden, even though he was wearing a watch in the last scene? Mm -hmm. And you know that's a you know, little continuity mistake that you can pick up. And I, I like to do that when I watch TV to, to pick up those little things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one of my favorite... Uh, uh, movies is uh, Chariots of Fire, which is a beautiful, beautiful movie. But in the climactic race of the movie, the the runner that we're watching is given a little note, and he puts <laughs> it in his hand, mm -hmm. and he takes off running. And halfway through, it shows him running in slow motion, and there's no note. Oh! And then when he gets back to the finish line, the note's <laughs> back in his hand again. And I'm like, where did he put it? He didn't, didn't have a pocket. To yeah. It. But uh, so um, so what are what are you, 
What is your frustration uh, about um, the the world of costuming uh, as it stands right now? Are there are there mm-hmm. things that frustrate you about it? I'm going to ask you later what your joys are, but I, I'm just yeah. Curious. I guess sometimes the frustration is that a lot of people assume that just anybody can do it. Oh, yeah. um, there is a lot of, you know, art and science and heart and sweat and blood that goes into it. Right. But a lot of people think that, oh, it's just putting clothes on people. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, as um, the trend of the theater world going into more and more contemporary pieces, mm-hmm. more and more people think that this is something that I can just, you know, ask my mom to go out and shop for the show. Um, but it's more about, you know, psychology and painting a whole picture. Like when you have all these different characters on stage, how to make them all look cohesive, like mm-hmm. keep, you know, like the consistency that you talked about, like having an aesthetic that is consistent, but at the same time, showcase all these characters personalities mm-hmm. and it's it's not an easy thing to do to do it well at least you can yes just throw something on them mm-hmm. and they won't be naked and they can just go on stage and everything will be mm-hmm. fine but that wouldn't be the same as say like you know you go watch Hamilton and yeah. that very conscious stylized choice of keeping them in very simplified um period pieces while having no wigs. It's a very conscious choice that they made. And every single little thing is a choice and that's why it's so successful. Or, you know, even if you look at um, Jesus Christ Superstar that was on TV, like I think a couple months ago, um, it has very conscious choice about the style of, you know, um, of how they were dressed. And a lot of the people just you know, like sometimes we forget because we all put on clothes every day. Sometimes we forget that, you know, it's about the big picture mm-hmm. and not just about, you know, putting things on. Doing something, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think that's true of almost all of the aspects of theater. Uh, many people in the audience think that an, an actor, I, th- I think they think they just get out of their car mm-hmm. and walk on stage and start talking and uh, they don't understand anything about how the rehearsal process yes. goes or what it takes to prepare your body or your voice. Um, And so I I think that's something that you and the actors uh, share and probably directors as Mm -hmm. well. Um, uh, Nobody sits down at a piano who can't play the piano and thinks for very long, Mm -hmm. I can do this, right? Because pretty soon you realize what I'm playing sounds awful, you know? But in the theater, we don't have a a piano. Uh, It's more, the word you use is psychology. Uh, but I do think, uh, you know, Keddie, that the, and most audiences probably don't, at least on the surface level, see much of a difference, you know, <laughs> but, but I think the psychology of a production uh, is something that um, can, can be um, felt mm-hmm. if not uh, Someone subconscious huh yeah yeah i think so yeah I, think so. I always say that the more effortless the production looks the harder the and harder the most, is, yeah. more successful it is and yeah. yeah and that's something that we all can keep in mind sometimes to appreciate like it's just like you know this production and every time i work at burning coal i'm like how do these actors do it they all have full-time jobs Mm -hmm. they get off they come rehearsal until like 11 p.m they go home sleep wake up go to work and Mm -hmm. that dedication and that passion and energy is 
it, these people are different. They are special. There's something so bright and special in them mm -hmm. that's much like a burning fire that mm -hmm. people just don't realize. And no, they don't. Yeah. They do not. Um, and then my last question is, what are the joys uh, of doing your job right now? What, what gives you the most pleasure? Uh, is it opening night? Is it hearing the audience respond? Or what, what is it? Um, yeah, opening night, but I actually really enjoy tech rehearsal. Mm -hmm. I personally really enjoy seeing everything comes together. Mm -hmm. And a tech rehearsal, if you know some of the audience don't know, is a crazy time of period where you're in the theater for ten hours straight, and you don't, you know, like it's and you just try to put everything together and mm -hmm. problem solve until you know all the problems are solved. So it's a very crazy period, but at the same time, you get to put all your attention and your energy into that one thing and make it perfect. And that process is addictive to me. Yeah. I really, really enjoy tech rehearsal and just yeah. seeing a group of people that's passionate about the same thing, coming together, spending the time together, regardless of everything else that ha yeah. that's going on outside of the theater and the one thing that matters is the art at that moment the, one, the world kind of drops away doesn't yes it, it really does yeah kitty thank you very much for, thank you for, for having me. doing uh, stuff happens and for being here today and for being in raleigh for the for the year yeah. uh, we look forward to seeing more of your work around town mm -hmm. great thank you so much for having me today my pleasure Thank you for listening. Our production of David Hare's Stuff Happens will run from Thursday, October 11th through Sunday, October 28th. To purchase tickets or for more information, visit our website at burningcoal.org or give us a call at 919-834-4001.